Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. A podcast for kids, by kids. Hello and welcome to Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. That's Bridge, and I'm Molly. And today we are going to be talking about a man who was the first person killed in the Boston Massacre at the start of the American Revolution. I just realized we did a massacre two weeks ago. Oh. Uh, sorry everyone, but massacres lead to ghosts. So, I mean, really, ghost stories are because of death, so there is bound to be some death in this podcast. True. Okay. So this man is one that a lot of adults and probably most kids haven't studied the Revolutionary War in school might not have heard about. His name is Crispus Attucks. Yes, and why are we telling you about Crispus? Well, besides having an interesting life and being the first casualty in the Boston Massacre, Crispus stands out from other notable Revolutionary War heroes because he is believed to be of mixed race, mainly African and Native American descent. So, during a time of slavery, horrible treatment of Native American people, and an all-over prevalence of only white stories, his is one that stands out. Most of our research is coming from the History Channel and Battlefields.org. Atticus is believed to have been born near Framingham, Massachusetts, probably Natick, sometime around 1723. At the time, Natick had been founded as a, quote, praying Indian town, that was established to provide a safe haven where local native people who had been converted to Christianity could live without the fear of being attacked by colonists or other Native American tribes. His father was enslaved and his his mother was a member of the Wampanoag tribe. It is believed his mom may have been a descendant of John Attucks, who was hanged for treason during the King Philip's War. Descendant of John Attucks, who was hanged for treason during the King Philip's War, Check out some of our older episodes for more on the King Philip's War if you haven't already. So I couldn't find if Attucks was born into slavery or enslaved at some point later, but it appears he was enslaved for most of his childhood and young adult life by a man named William Brown in Framingham. When he was 27, Crispus ran away. There was actually a newspaper announcement from the Boston Gazette on November 20th, 1750, where Brown actually announced the escape of Crispus. He was described as six feet two inches with short curly hair. At the time Crispus fled, he was wearing bearskin coat, buckskin breeches, and a checkered shirt. Even though Brown offered a reward of 10 British pounds, Crispus was never recaptured. Later, after the massacre, the coroner's documents mistakenly referred to Crispus as Michael Johnson. Historians believe this may have been an alias he used to avoid detection as an escaped slave. So, after Crispus escaped, he traveled to Boston and became a sailor. Sailing was one of his few occupations open to men of color at the time, but about one-fifth of 100,000 sailors employed on American ships were African-American. Crispus worked on whaling ships, a popular trade at that time in New York, England. When he wasn't on board ship, he earned a living as a rope maker. So, how did Crispus get caught in the revolution? Well, it seems as though he was pretty upset that the British kept taking his jobs. Turns out England didn't pay the soldiers all that well, so they would pick up part-time work when they were off duty. The influx of new workers threatened not only the amounts of work available, but the wages being paid for, for jobs like those Crispus took. 
He was also under the constant threat of being kidnapped and forced into the king's navy because they didn't have enough seamen. So Crispus's role was less about independence and more about just pure economics. That means he was just annoyed someone was taking his jobs. On the night of the massacre, Crispus was at a local pub with other sailors when a British soldier came in asking about part-time work. Let's just say this didn't go over well with Crispus and his friends, and between a lot of yelling and cursing, they basically told the British guy to get lost. The soldier fled back to the custom house, and soon seven soldiers and Captain Thomas Preston joined him as the mobs threw stones, snowballs, and chunks of ice and wood. One piece of ice was thrown and hit a soldier, knocking him down. When he stood back up, he yelled and fired his musket into the crowd. That's when things went very, very wrong. Crispus wasn't one to back down. Knowing there was a reward on his head, one would think he would shrink back from any public dis displays that he could possibly get caught. But on this night, whether it was anger or annoyance or just the feeling he wasn't going to be pushed around anymore, he was the front of the mob that went to confront the British soldiers. He held two sticks, gave one to Patrick Keaton, another witness to the massacre. A third witness alleges Crispus swung his stick and hit British Captain Thomas Preston in the head and knocked his gun away. He then grabbed Preston's bayonet and yelled to the crowd essentially to attack the soldiers. Moments later, Preston regained control of his gun and shot Crispus twice in the chest. In addition to Crispus, four other men, two were actually only still 17 years old, were killed that night. Samuel Gray, Samuel Maverick, James Caldwell, and Patrick Carr. The jury acquitted the soldiers of murder in the deaths of the five Americans. That means they were found not guilty and free to go. After his death, he was given honors that no person of color had likely received before in the colonies. Samuel Adams organized a procession to transport Attic's casket to a Boston Faneuil Hall, where Attic's lay in state for three days before his public funeral. An estimated 10,000 to 12,000 people, more than half of Boston's population, joined in the procession that carried the casket of Attic's and other victims to the graveyard. Crispus became a symbol in the 1840s for African-American activists and the abolitionist movement. He was promoted as an example of a black citizen and a patriot. Martin Luther King referenced Attucks in one of his speeches. Schools in Publix Park have been named after him and his face has been appeared on a commemorative silver dollar. And that is the story of the first American to shed blood in the revolution that freed this country from the British rule. Now, there are several memorials to the victims in Boston, but one is the Granary Burial Ground on Tremont Street, where Crispus is buried. The cemetery is filled to the brim with characters from your history books, including John Hancock, Paul Revere, Sam Adams, no, he's not just a beer, and Ben Franklin's parents. But this spot is also reportedly one of the most haunted places in all of Boston. That's right, don't forget your camera when you go to visit. There are multiple reports of catching orbs or faces in their pictures that weren't visible to the naked eye when the picture was taken. But there are also hundreds of EVPs, disembodied voices, cold spots, even meth hits, and a sense of, that someone is watching you. Well, I mean, there is no sort, shortage of people available to watch you creeping around their internal resting place there. But maybe, just maybe, you will get lucky and spot a full-bodied apparition known to frequent the area. James Otis was a lawyer and was struck by lightning during a storm. 
After his death, he was buried in the cemetery, and there there are reports of him in full uniform, dressed completely in colonial clothing. We had planned to go up to visit during the winter school break, but COVID hit our house. Don't worry, everyone is fine. We just had to stay put for a bit, so we weren't able to go check it out. But I'm hoping we can do it soon, because I really want to go check out the cemetery. It sounds spookily fun. If any of you have been, send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Contact at lfhne.com. And you can also message us on Facebook at lfhne or Instagram at lfhne underscore kids. See you next week. And remember, history is fun and sometimes a little spooky. <laughs> and you can message us on Facebook at lfhne. LFHNA. <laughs> Why did you go British? I don't know. Peppa Pig. And you can.